Welcome to another episode of Where in the Fold. Woo! We have got the sexy Cecil, prettiest man I've ever seen, Tully right there. John looks like a gray right now. <laughs> and <laughs> pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. It's Reed, if you don't know. So I'm the greenhorn on this episode. I don't know much about this subject, but I'm sitting in with these two, yep. I guess, expert doofuses. And I guess- we'll, uh, tell us what we're talking about. I guess today say, I don't know whether to, to say welcome back or welcome hello. on back. Welcome, welcome on welcome back. back. So we're not talking about where in the folk today or who in the folk. We're talking about what in the folk because we're going to be covering the source material. If you can see that exposing yep. the expositions 1851 and 1915. Well, and I'll throw out there if anybody's ever on um, conspiracy TikTok and you see a comment on any of the TikToks that say read exposing the expositions of 1851 <laughs> to 1915, there it's pretty likely that that's me in the comments trolling people <laughs> trying, trying to lead them to the truth because I can't tell you how many. Would you guys know I, I, I scroll on TikTok? I, I can't help it. It's just a vice that I have. Mandy's in there live right now on TikTok. Um, but I'll say that I see a lot of people, like last night, there was a guy that found an old paperweight and it showed like Tartaria and, you know, all kinds of anomalies. It's just really old, like it was supposed to be a globe in a paperweight and it showed Tartaria and some very weird anomalies. And I dropped that comment, read, exposing the expositions, our history has been hidden from us. Like, yes. that's, I literally say that every time. And I think, which it, it, it didn't have a lot of likes anyway, the, the video, but it, my comment is up to like 25 likes, I think. Ooh. So slowly but surely trying to get the truth out there to people. Um, I mean, but, when when you start looking into things like this and hearing about it, it does open your eyes. When I was a kid, I always wanted to go to a World Fair. I, was, I had a sick of fascination with it. I went to the Knoxville. I went to the Knoxville one years after it had already happened. <laughs> and they still got that globe Yeah, that's falling apart. Is it? Yeah. It's been a while since I've been it's down been there. Long. But, yeah, I went when it was happening. Oh. I don't think it's anything like what it used to be, right? No, it's not. It's, it's not like what it was in the 1800s for sure. Oh, no, I doubt it. Well, that was the first place they ever in the Knoxville one is the first place that they were uh, doing touchscreen stuff back when that was like oh, a really? budding technology. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool, yep. though. That is cool. So, on the precipice of greatness, on the precipice of the greatness. So I'll go ahead and let you get started with, we'll st- we're going to go through this chapter by chapter. So by the end of this, you should be fairly entertained. <laughs> yeah, so your word for it. I guess we should probably start with a summary of why anyone cares about the world's fairs from 1851 to 1915. Really, like I know Howdy McCoskey limited it to that range, 1851 to 1915, but I mean, there's really a lot of shadiness just in all of the 1800s into the early 1900s. And even before that, 
way before like it, really. Like I know that we're going to be talking about um, a big component in all of this is the Great Flood, which we're going to keep, probably bring up a hundred times. The Great Mud Flood, and like I said on uh, that episode, that show we did last night, ain't the type that comes out your britches whenever you eat Mexican food. Right. <laughs> so I think that to it's kind of set set the table for everybody. So some concepts that we're going to be talking about quite a bit are the the Great Flood, and this this could be related to to the biblical flood that Noah was in. It could not be related, but we associate it definitely with some kind of reset that the world had, where there there was a huge flood and another concept that we're going to be talking about quite a bit throughout this book um is tartaria tartaria um it, is it tartary or tartaria i think it's tartaria i agree I, i'm used to calling it tartaria me it's too tartaria. maybe that's just i mean it could be like a us thing which is fine we'll, we'll continue to call it tartaria well it's the tartarians and tartaria Tartary. And they also refer to them as the Tartars. The Tartars, so, yeah. Who knows? If we're wrong or right. Let's stick with Tartarians. Yeah. So well, the Tartarian Empire. Um, well, I'll let you talk about that for a minute. See, so I know you did extensive research into that. The Tartarian Empire, essentially, if you go, like, they don't try to deny that the Tartarian didn't exist. They say they existed, but they say there were nomadic just small nomadic tribes. It was a blanket term for people in um, like Western Europe and like Eastern what Asia. Western Asia and Eastern Europe and like right there where Russia is. <laughs> However, I speculate, which a lot of people do, that Tartaria was a vast empire that stretched across the globe. Or the plane, whichever one you choose to believe in. <laughs> and, and so they had like footholds on every con on every continent at the time is what basically it is. And that and may so or may so, not be because of Pangea, right? Yeah. Not even Pangea, like because the Bering Strait at one point they feel like was more prominent than it is now. And it actually connected a lot of like Russia to America and so on. And the explanation I heard about that was when the uh, mud flood happened, the great catastrophe, whether it be man-made or natural, whatever, it sank land and rose water. So that, with that, the Barren Strait just kind of turned into that one little strip that happens, like that Brazilian that happens once every so often. If you think, if you think about like, if you were to take a glass of water and pour it into sand, the the deepest point is going to be where the water hits. So what if, what if like the, the Mariana's trench was like the impact point? It could have been exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. So it's very possible that that just sank or whatever, like, because even right now, California is on the verge of breaking off and sinking. Who's to say that there wasn't a land mass catching right there, you know, and just there one big earthquake away from going by, <laughs> you know, sliding off into the ocean like the filth they are. <laughs> I don't know if I know anybody from California. I've got um, 
some family members in San Diego. Jacking it in San Diego. Jacking Everybody always in. used to say <laughs> that you had to make a, a hundred K a year to be homeless in San Francisco. <laughs> That's probably true. true. That's really true. <laughs> but I digress. So anyway, Tart- Tartaria is going to be a common theme as well throughout this. Yeah. Uh, there's breakdown. so much. There's so many different theories about Tartaria. There's some that are pretty out there, but for the most part, it's pretty logical. And I know we've said it a thousand times on our podcast and on other podcasts. You know, it only takes one generation to really change history if it's done, you know, yeah. properly or. I well, and, say properly because it usually involves the death of a few million people. But that's true. You know, now that I think about it, <laughs> Thoroughly, some, yeah. something we should give a proper episode on sometime is the Great Flood. Oh, yeah, the Just all, all of the evidence all over the world. I mean, there's evidence in our hometown of it. Like, it's, it's everywhere. Like uh, that Ray Stevens song, they're everywhere, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the expositions the reason that we're going to go over this and expose and expose basically like these expositions were built to grandeur like beyond anything that any of us have ever seen they were built so to speak like um and they were usually built after some kind of catastrophe happened in the area right before and then for some reason they were followed up by some kind of catastrophe, which wiped them out again. Like it just didn't make sense. Um, you mentioned the the weirdness before and after these world's fairs. Within the book, he says that he talks to multiple architects and multiple structural engineers. And with the tools that these folks had in the 1800s, unless we don't know what kind of tools they had because it's been lost in generational gaps there's no way that they could have constructed these world's fairs in the amount of time it's always like two years and these things are just crazy big like as big as some cities bigger like and the thing is they would build these massive structures that were temporary structures supposedly what really bugs me <laughs> what really bugs me about Chicago specifically is it was a swamp. Yeah. Like it was just a straight up swamp. They were having trouble even building Chicago itself. So what the we we don't really want to get too far into that, but basically what they're saying is they irrigated the water out, built platforms, then built huge buildings on top of it with canals impressive buildings like huge buildings that resembled Rome um, moving sidewalks and all kinds of stuff in two years with that would horses, be a hard thing to do now with hammers and horses and buggies yeah I, I don't know this is before like the gas powered gas powered I mean all they had was steam power yeah and they didn't have any steam powered like tools like no no just like the only thing steam powered at that time was what locomotives yeah the only thing i can think of maybe they had um 
like a legion of Amish. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what you get yeah. done. I can get her done quick. <laughs> You'd have to have lay, thousands of them. But. I watched them lay 500 feet of concrete in 22 minutes. <laughs> Shit was was concrete even the same in the 1800s? I doubt it. I'm sure it was not near the same, no. I'm pretty sure what they did for concrete back then was mix horse shit with water and gravel. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> That's what I always heard. You got to work with what you got. <laughs> you should ask the concrete man about that. Next time he's in. So you all know more about this, but here's here's a theory I just kind of thought of right now. So a lot of the railroads that were built across from east to west in the United States, they use Chinese immigrants. Oh, and yeah, true. This is kind of like right after pretty much the Transcontinental Railroad was completed. I wonder if they just shipped the Chinese immigrants. Well, I think I would. I would think an that, even harder. They, they never say anything about that in the books. Like they, and they, they don't say anything about it. It, it. So let's say that they did have an army of immigrants. Just in, in theory. Right. Horses and buggies aren't going to build the things that we're looking at. No. no. From what you all show me on the pictures already, that's mind-blowing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think the people would be a problem. Yeah, they could get as many people from wherever they want to. They could probably even get resources. But it's not physically possible to build something that fast. Not even with today's standards. What does he say in the book that most of these, the architect and, and structural engineer said that it would take what, 10 to 15 <clears throat> years to construct these with yeah. today's equipment. Like they wasn't as huge as what we think. Like the Chicago fair was 700 acres, which is pretty big. Still, that's, I mean, <laughs> God dang. The, the, the St. Louis one is 1,200 <laughs> acres, and like modern builders would say, like today it would take 15 years, but you gotta think they work by the hour, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like they that, work for like two or three hours. Like, like that hours. work on the interstate that's been going on for 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> so, in theory, if we still have people like we had back then that worked the way that they worked for what they made, the interstate would have been done in like two weeks. Yeah. Seven hundred acres. Imagine this. Seven hundred acres would be like from the store up here by your house all the way down to probably shallows. Yeah, I mean that's, that's I mean the, that's massive. the area that uh the industrial park sits on is barely a hundred acres. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a big spot. Why did you think that was small? Because I like to think big. <laughs> okay. okay. I need another drink of coffee. I need to, I need to tell Amanda. <laughs> well, when she asked me, I was like, it's like at least 14. <laughs> Give or take. She's like, that's barely three. <laughs> You're still on that 
metric system, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's the one that makes me look the best. <laughs> so, totally just for an example, throw up one of the buildings that we're talking about. Because until you see these, you don't really understand what we're talking about. They're saying that they built some of these, like, every one of these were built. There's The longest it took was two years to build any of this. Look at that. So this is... That's part of the Chicago World's Just Fair. This is just the court of honor in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So you can see that, I mean, this is the equivalent of, this is bigger than the Coliseum. They've got ponds, they've got fountains. They Look at this architecture. Is that a flag in the foreground? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that kind of gives you a perspective. And, yep. you know, and you see those bridges on the left and right side? That's because that's a canal that went around this whole fucking thing. So they took a swamp, drained it, built on top of it, then put lakes and canals on top of that in yep. two years. And then tore the shit down. <laughs> and then tore it down because it was temporary. Okay, okay, I think I know. Okay, so this view is looking backwards. So this guy right here is looking at this statue, and this statue is looking at that that one that I just showed. Yeah. Good lord. And you, this is the building that you can't see in the other picture. Are those people down in the far uh, left corner? Oh, I mean, that just shows you how big that statue is. Yeah. Yeah, they're like specs. I mean, this statue's (laughs) massive. The statue alone would would take forever. And the thing about that statue is, they said it was covered in gold leaf. But so there's probably solid that, gold. There's people there that said it was solid gold. There's a color picture. It's gold in the picture. Yeah. That's, <coughs> I mean, how? Yeah. Two then, years. Two years. In two years. Now, there's many theories about this. And the problem with it is, would it be easier to build something like this? Or do you think it'd be easier just to dig it up? Right. Right. Which is where the, the flood comes back in. Yeah. Now, the, the theory behind that is, which we'll get into, this is just the beginnings of this series. This is going to be a pretty long series, so buckle up, motherfuckers. <laughs> this is, so the theory that for the mud flood is that these structures were basically here and under dirt. So when they were actually irrigating the swamp and all this, they were just digging it up. And the term whitewash was developed during one of the actual expos. And the reason is they started spray painting at that time. So it would take two years to spray paint that, yeah, to make it white like that. There's another um, (coughs) interesting concept, too. Um, So, you know, all around the country, how you see these signs that say, you know, Chicago, Chicago was founded in blah, 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 or Cincinnati was founded in this year. So one really interesting take on that is the word founded is literally found dead. Hmm. So if they did find one these one places. Three. <laughs> <laughs> three. Well, no, it, the book the book five. actually hits on this too. They they think it's kind of like a like a wink at the fact that they dug these places out. That they, they found it dead. Yeah. Dug it out and gave it life again. Yeah. And now some alternatives too is that they just had ancient technology at the time. 
True. Hell, some think that could have been fucking 3D printers. But I remiss. <laughs> well, and each one of these places that we're going to show as we get through these episodes, um, I think it's also important to note is one another way that they try to explain these away is that everything you see is is purely superficial. Like basically just, a just looking at yeah, like that you're just looking at a hole and there's no you know actual content within any of these buildings. But that's bullshit. Like that's where they had most of the ex- like the the expositions were inside the buildings most part. Like they had things in them. Yep. But um, that, that that also keeps coming up as a explain away. Yeah. I mean there was buildings big enough to house 300,000 people. Like even the hotels they built. Like the Hotel Barcelona and the Hotel, in, I don't even know how to say, Intercontinental in yeah, Barcelona. <laughs> like it was something that was to be seen. We'll, we'll check it out later. And one, another thing is a lot of these had these huge crystal palaces. Like a bunch of them had crystal palaces made out of iron and glass. Just huge. None of them survived for very long. They all got took down by fire. There's a list I've composed of the biggest ones. So during the London's Fair, they had a huge crystal palace that was 1,850 feet long. That corresponded with the year that the fair was happening, by the way. It required 900,000 square feet of glass, 3,000 iron columns, and it was completed with Egyptian temples inside, Babylonian temples and huge trees were even incorporated to make you feel like you were outside in it. So it was basically like a bio dome in a way. And it was uh, it was designed by a dude named Gardner Joseph Paxton, which is Bill Paxton's great grandpa when Bill Paxton was there when JFK got shot and Bill Paxton's daddy probably shot JFK. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's really his grandpa. Um, they claim it only took nine months to build it. Did you see that? This is way off topic. Could you, you just mentioned JFK. Um, there was a couple episodes ago, Sam Tripoli had a guy on that podcast who had a JFK shirt on, and it had a freeze frame where it looked like somebody in the car was shooting him. Yeah, the front driver. And it was, uh, it was a freeze frame of that person who looked like they were pointing a gun and his head exploding. Yeah. <clears throat> My dad always thought it was the guy in the car behind him accidentally shot him whenever the cars took off down with that AR or whatever. He's packing. <clears throat> but that's a different day. I think we already did JFK. Yeah. Yeah, we already did JFK. I so gave you I gave you a big long yeah, conspiracy yeah. theory yeah, we explanation did of it. Where was you? <laughs> I don't know. Was I doing the show yet? No, uh, that was bipolar teddy bears. We might revisit JFK one day. But yeah, when I told you my theory on it, you went. Yeah, because it made did sense. you did you ever watch that show with Franco, David? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. You gotta watch that, man. That that's a really, really awesome show. I think it's on Hulu. It is eleven twenty two sixty three or something like that. 
This is Dave Kennedy was shot. Yep. Okay. I'll check it out. <laughs> but it basically alludes to the fact that well, I don't know whether it alludes to the fact or not, but they act like if he would have lived that crazy stuff would have happened. Now that Crystal Palace did stand for a while, the one in London, it stood till nineteen thirty seven. Then it got back down. Well, here's a little I'm wanting to go to this list real quick. So New York, eighteen fifty three. They built a Crystal Palace with a 100-foot dome, burned down in 1858. Munich. <laughs> it says Munch. It says Munch. <laughs> M-U-I-C-H. <laughs> the N is totally silent. It's totally not there. <laughs> Munch. 1854. Lasted until 1937. Burned down. Um, Montreal. 1860, the house it had it housed the first hockey team ever. Big, beautiful Crystal Palace, burnt down in 1880. Toronto had one, 1870 to 1906, took out by fire. So why um, did all the glass palaces get taken out by fire? I never really didn't think glass really burned, or did or iron did burn? You wouldn't think so. Mm. Some glass, of them were built with wood. Glass can melt if it gets so hot, but here's the thing. <laughs> He just said it was 1,800 feet high. So what's burning that big? It's 1851 long, like this way. I wonder how high it was. I don't know how many joints of smoke. Well, even the one in New York, 100 <laughs> feet tall, you would have to have a crazy amount of fire. You'd have to have like, like plus thermite or something, like some kind yeah. of cr- – Crazy well, fire to burn uh, steel or iron like that. Well, think about the Egyptian temples and the Babylonian temples and the tall trees that they said were inside this thing. Like okay, they have so, to be pretty tall. But still, that's awful damn hot. I mean, the melting point of iron is 1,538 degrees. How hot does fire get? <laughs> that's a uh, that's how hot my those bars are going to be on my rap album. <laughs> so regularly, like a forest fire, um, burns anywhere from eight hundred, or no, fourteen hundred, up to two thousand Fahrenheit. So it would have to be and it's a forest fire inferno, yeah. yeah, to melt iron. It's just really strange that the materials that they're building these palaces out of in particular, not, not even just the palaces, but one, other ones that we'll talk about in the future episodes, you know, they disappear with a fire, but I don't, I don't know, man. I'm just not buying it. Even if, even if it were to burn down, just like you said a minute ago, if there was a pyramid made out of stone in one of these palaces, you would at least have – Remnants. Stone was still standing. Yeah, it was right. Least. right. And, and maybe these were places where they were doing precursory tests for atomic weapons. <laughs> it could have been. It That's a good been. idea. That's a good idea. Damn. We're going to wrap this one up and we're going to continue with the origins next week. Same time, same place. And you know where to find us? You can find us on uh, Twitter, YouTube. Um, bitshoot.com rumble 
What, is yep. it Rumble? Is it dot org? No, it's dot com. If you ever want to join us for one of these topics or have a topic you'd like to cover sometime, let us know. Uh, we're not going to be pushing guests real hard anymore. Uh, we may still have some every once in a while. We'll probably just have repeat guests of the people that we've already talked to. We have our circle friends. Yeah. Tully's abandoned us for the weird career. He's got he's got his guest feel. <laughs> I'm I'm, uh, I'm invisible on this show right now. <laughs> it, it, I'm a deep fake. <laughs> That's all <he> is. <laughs> No, um, but yeah, check them out. By the way, actually, Weird Realities—they got all kinds of cool stuff going on. They're on that Fringe.fm now. I wore my Weird Realities T-shirt today and had to change it for the Catalina Wine Mixer shirt. <laughs> I'm, I went on a couple of those episodes. I love going on those. Those are fun. Yeah, we're constantly guesting over there. Yeah, but um. You know the whole stick. Uh, if, if you want to talk to us, reach out to us on Twitter. And thank you for watching us because we're fucking watching you. Mm-hmm.